Welcome to the Something Something Experience Podcast, Episode 19. I'm Michael John Simpson. Our guest is director, writer, producer, CG animator, actress, and model, Mo Whelan. Mo and I are old friends, and it was really nice to chat and catch up. We talked about modeling, photography, filmmaking, podcasting, underground clubs, art shows, commuting in L.A., movie post-production, animation, South Park bigger, longer, and uncut, writing, getting started in entertainment, horror, lost in La Mancha, childhood interests in horror, living in Hollywood, corporate personas, ghost hunters, club outfits, and gender roles. These times, they are a change in. It's episode 19 of the Something Something Experience. So it does, and then you're driving with a accident, yeah, yeah. it's just like two cars. Right. Like, okay. so, oh, so, well, hi, welcome, and it's, it's been forever. When, <laughs> I, when last time I think we did a photo shoot was probably... I was like... Not even 30 yet, was I? I don't or know. no, maybe I, I just know. turned Kitty, 30. Kitty, now. I don't remember. Um, I don't remember. It was probably 2008 or no. I think we I did one in 2009. I think there was one in 2009. Is that that my grandpa's uniform. People like that one. Yeah, yeah. No, that was that was earlier on. There was the later ones that were at my house. I think we did. There was uh, the, one last one right. after I met Danny. I think we had one one or one or two yeah. after that. So that had to have been in 2009 somewhere. So. Yeah, hi. Kitty is just crazy today. So, uh, so, so when we met, we met online because I was looking for models for photo mm-hmm. shoots, and I think we met on either it was like Facebook or MySpace, MySpace. or it was yeah. MySpace back in probably two thousand two thousand yeah <laughs> two thousand five or six probably probably two thousand five, and we did yeah. a lot of photo shoots just together and stuff, yeah, and they were fun. We yeah the that one we did at your your place in Hollywood, mm-hmm. and then we did your grandpa's you had your grandpa's military fun. stuff. You just mentioned that on yeah. on the back uh, fire escape and stuff. That was, was pretty fun. cool. That was fun. Yeah. Oh, remember when I met that guy that kept calling and I had like ten calls. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> like, I was all, this guy, I just met him, like, the other night. And literally, we got to my place, I played it, it was, like, all him. <laughs> oh, right, right, yeah, we got back, we, yeah, we got back like, inside, and, yeah, there were, like, ten messages from the same guy, and was like, that was weird. And, and then we did all those um, shoots in your in your shower with the different blue oh, that's and green right. lights yeah, that's and right. stuff. Yeah, all those came out really cool. Yeah, yeah. I always liked those. Ones. I always liked doing when I was doing photography. I always liked doing in camera lighting and effects and stuff, and not yeah. really do a lot of that in post. And people and and because other ones came out really vampirish. Yeah, so I worked for the horror stuff, and people yeah. just kept grabbing them. Oh yeah, yeah. So yeah. that's what I have to do now. I'm always like, whenever someone shoots me, I'm like, put your watermark on it. Because, like, literally yeah. people would just grab them. Oh, yeah. yeah it's like, <laughs> for, like, publications. But those ones were the most popular. I, th- I was digging out in the garage because I was trying to find old photos. But I found a a tub full of photos from shows, from yeah. all the clubs, Club Hell and all that stuff. And I found Club a big, Hell. thick packet of pictures of you. Oh, really? We were trying to sell pictures. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. A, I printed out a whole bunch of pictures of you of that one picture with your hair all out and everything. The, the and, vampire looking. Right, right. Like, yeah. And I can uh, I can post that on the on the blog when we're done. That's cool, yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, so it was just, it was funny. It's like, oh, Mo, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, that was cool. So, um when also when we met you were and I don't know if you still are we haven't really talked a lot but yeah. you were doing you were writing and kind of writing and directing or and or producing your own mm-hmm. horror movies and stuff and yeah or, I have the I have the one on Funny or Die which uh-huh. I think at the time it was well at that time I was producing Client 14 and it's only been on oh yeah Client 14 yeah yeah that's only been on film on and then after that I did my own little short film which was The Suburban Count mm-hmm. and that's on um uh what was it that's on Funny or Die mm-hmm 
Oh yeah, sorry. Let me get, <laughs> let me get romantic with it. But um, so that's on Funny or Die, and then after that, um, what did I do after that? <laughs> I wonder. Oh, so two years ago, I think it was. I did the um, a sin that cannot be forgiven. Mm, yes, yes. Which was another short that went to Action on Film Festival, mm-hmm. and then to my friend Reina's Film Festival, A Nightmare to Remember. Cool. And that's on my YouTube channel. Cool. You look at my YouTube channel, which is Miss Mo Dragonfly. Mm-hmm. Uh, my friend Andy Gates starred in both of those, mm-hmm. and he also co-produced another feature film that was by the director of Client Fourteen, Patrick O'Bell. It's called The Divine Order. Mm, okay. And um, we have some good names attached to that, and that's in post-production. Cool. Dave Vecchio is attached to it. He's like known within the indie clique. I'm sure people can yeah. find all those on IMDb. Exactly, and, stuff. and all yeah. that stuff. Yeah. So that's in post-production. I did also act in another film called. Um, Bring Me Ahead of Lance Hendrickson, which is oh, by Michael yeah. Worth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's in post-production. Cool. He shot a lot of footage, so I know he's uh, having to go through all of it. Um, what else was I in? I'm trying to think. My, I've been in a few films from Raina. Um, she has a cheesy monster film um, that I'm in, and I'm blanking on the name. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Raina. <laughs> and then her recent one, which is The Forgotten Tales. Mm-hmm. And I'm currently helping her out on set with a film called um, Doll Murder Spree. Mm-hmm. And as an AD assistant director. Cool. Um, I'm probably going to go back up at the end of this month to help finish it. Cool. We have Moses Mosley attached. He's, he was in The Walking Dead. Yeah. And he's been in a few other things. Oops. Did you ever, um, have you ever worked <laughs> with um, Monster 66 or Maria Olsen at all? Oh, no, Maria Olsen. She's yeah. on my Facebook, yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, have yeah, a, we, have um, a, we haven't worked together, but... She was another guest on the podcast. Yeah. She had a connection cool. with, with yeah. Ash, so um, they he got her to come on, and she was really cool, and she talked about a lot of the movies that she's working on. She's always traveling She's everywhere. always doing stuff, yeah. yeah. Always very busy. <laughs> she's so, active. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah, I think, because, like, like you, you work during the day, too. Right. So, like, for me, it's, like, you know, usually I have a day job, although I'm currently not working. <laughs> currently yeah. unemployed. But, um, you know, usually I'm working... Like, because you, you work in tech, and right, usually right. I work in kind of the same fil- field, which is in post-production, and those are, like, long hours. Right. So, for me, it was always balancing a side project with a day job. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, it's like, like you did with photography, after a while, it's like, you get burned out. And sure, time. yeah, yeah, that something has to give, and, and you get to the point where you you have to, where survival mode kicks in, and anything that's extraneous, or yeah. costs you more money, like in paper, or printer, printing, or that kind of thing you know, have to kind of cut back on or yeah. the fortunate thing about the podcast it's 100% electronic so I don't have to do anything <laughs> although I did just order business cards that's because I'm going to the I'm going to the Gallifrey One convention in oh, nice. February and um, I'm hoping that after hours after con hours I can be able to talk to some writers and that'd be really good and do some podcasts and there's a hope that a very old friend of mine from who I've known since I was 17 uh, runs a con in another city, a big con in another city, and I'm hoping to get him on to talk about that. So, yeah. so that'll be cool. That'd but, be um, good. That yeah, so good we're kind of yeah, and we've got a lot of bo- uh, guests booked up for the rest of January. So, but the podcasting, excuse me, the podcasting is great because it only takes up a couple hours on Sunday, and then I have to kind of throw it together and take about 
a half an hour to put, put it up on Monday. And mm-hmm. it's all electronic, so there's nothing to produce. There's nothing that I have to pay for other than, you know, electricity. But that's already kind of just... That's good, though. That's yeah. cool. I mean, I bought that's some equipment up front, too. So listen up, people. This is how <laughs> easy it is to do a podcast. Go out and do your thing. There's no... That's the nice thing I like about the podcasting world. There's really yeah. no competition factor to it. Yeah. Everybody in the world is doing it from all the way up to really high-profile mm-hmm. people and even, like, in politicians and stuff, all the way down to just every, the everyman can get get out there and get their voice out there. It's good, because it's like, when you're sociable, because sure. I know you are, too, it's, right. it's a good thing. Right. Yeah, and exactly. And I have, <laughs> and living in Los Angeles, yeah. I have a lot of friends mm-hmm. who happen to do creative stuff for a living, and, yeah. and that's kind of what this is all about. So, it works out. And then going back to, like, how we first met and started hanging out, it's like, we went to all the underground clubs. Sure, We're always yeah. at the underground clubs, that a lot of people from... You know, back east, they're probably going, what the heck's that? Like Club yeah, Hell? Yeah, Club Hell, yeah. Well, I don't even, I think, I don't know even know if Club Hell's still a thing no, or not. No, I don't but, think it is. But, um, but I still, I still see one of the, one of the promoters online here and there. Yeah. But, um, yeah, Club Hell was interesting because I have a lot of friends who did a lot of showing. Mm-hmm. Uh, we showed a lot of stuff together, you know, every, every month for yeah. several years. And that was, it was fun. I never sold a damn thing, but it was fun to yeah, go fun and, and watch people. Out whack on each other and and, <laughs> and you know work. and sell stuff yeah it was fun yeah. I mean, it, was, it was cool then it started getting in, infiltrated by porn stars i, I, I met, remember that. I met ron jeremy once and there were all these porn stars there and, and then it was just like yeah, okay yeah i'm kind of i'm kind of done with this but then that was yeah. around the time that i just stopped kind of doing everything Isn't us growing up <laughs> i don't know oh my god we're getting old, <laughs> like we're getting old we, yeah. we sound like old timers oh. back in our day when people used to whip each other in clubs. <laughs> well i mean there's still plenty, there's still plenty of that there's, but i mean yeah i and i you know and and bless them i mean who you know yeah. I, I would never never crap on anybody for wanting <laughs> right? to do their thing you know yeah but um well we never saw any of that nothing no crap yeah. <laughs> i but, laughed about no, but i mean i would never, never i would never you know diss anybody for wanting to do their thing but for me the whole kind of a public club and people are mm-hmm. doing the bdsm stuff it just seemed kind of showy and just kind of like I mean, at first it was really, really great for me. Yeah. It, I found it was, was fascinated by it. But then after a time, the whole fascination thing kind of wore off it and did stuff. Change. So it's just like, okay, great, yeah, yeah. yeah. I've seen, media. I've seen girls in nipple tape up on a cross getting, getting whipped but, or whatever. Or I've seen, you know, people suspended from a ceiling and, and doing it. And yeah, that's yeah. cool, you know. I'd, but you know, there's, there's just something about you know, private events or parties or whatever where it's a lot more interesting because you know that those people are doing it because they want to, not they're not doing it for some form of public spectacle or whatever. So, and a lot of those people float back and forth between those two realms. But it's just for me, the public spectacle side of it doesn't hold as much fascination as it used to. So it's like, okay, Mm -hmm. if that's going on, cool, whatever. But I'm not going to sit there and watch for hours and hours and hours. Yeah, it's not set up like I used to. Because um, I know Bar Sinister still does it oh, sometimes. Yeah, yeah. And, but it's still, it's not the same as, like, Hell was just all out. Oh, yeah. Bar Sinister's just like, here's a room, here's a cross. Yeah, they got, <laughs> yeah the, the Bar Sinister, that upstairs loft area. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and then they, yeah. So. And then who else did it? Um, uh, Parrish? What's his, do you know him? Oh, yeah, yeah. Vampire, I know Parrish. I don't vampire, remember his... his uh, vampire. Sorry. <laughs> We're blanking on his Well, name. there was, I mean... Yeah, I mean, there have been a lot of yeah. different clubs. There was one club that was um, before. It was around the time when Club Hell opened. When Club was Club Hell was first at mm-hmm. Kung Pao Kitty at the little little oh, yeah. Chinese restaurant before it went to the big place on in Hollywood, mm-hmm. um, the bigger place, Ivar, which uh, is now the Ivar, yeah, chopped in half and called 
Project LA. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, when it was, it, before it moved to the Ivar, it was this little teeny tiny place. Yeah. And there was another club at another little teeny tiny restaurant type place that had spanky stuff going on that was really a lot of fun. Um, but it was on like Monday night or Tuesday yeah. night. It was really on a weird night, and it's like I couldn't do it. Club Hill was Wednesdays, right? Yeah. And so, oh, yeah, it, just, it got to the point where it's just like, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it just changed. <laughs> you, get, you get to a place in your life where you, you have to gauge on a school night or on a work night mm-hmm. how how far you're willing, how long you're willing to drive somewhere and back and what time you're willing to come home and blah, get blah, tired. blah. And especially for the fact that I was an artist mm-hmm. trying to sell photography, sell prints of photographs and never sold anything. Yeah. After a while, it's like how much gas and time and effort and paper exactly. and ink and all that am I putting into this? I like taking photos. I like working with models, and mm-hmm. I like taking photos and stuff like that. But I love the taking of the photos aspect of it. Exactly. And I, I would also probably really like the selling thereof mm-hmm. if I ever got to that point. But the whole thing in the beginning of picking out which ones I like, cleaning them up, and then printing them, and then framing them, mm-hmm. and all that, that part really got to be... It gets expensive. Yeah. Well, I did it as an artist. The expensive thing wasn't as much the bigger that that yeah. part of it it was the time factor it was like i'm spending a lot of time at doing this mm-hmm. and i'm not getting anything back from that i get a lot of sense of artistic um uh motivation from the the taking of the photos yeah. and actually the photo shoots and stuff but everything after that the part that comes after that yeah. part of after the middle part wasn't happening so i just kind of I understand that. That's like when I draw, you know, like drawing all the time. Sure. And I did ex- display uh, a few events, and right. I never sold anything either. Right, right. <laughs> but people like my work. They're always, you know, complimenting me yeah. on it. And But it's just a creative outlet. And right. after a while, you're like, oh, let me go to Aaron Brothers and spend, you know, 10 bucks in a frame. And right, then, like right. I said, and then when I was working like crazy, it was really hard to go to an event at 7 p.m. on mm-hmm. a Friday or weekend weekday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and get there on time to sure. set up. Yeah, yeah. You get out of work at five or six, and you gotta you have your yeah. car all packed full of stuff, and yeah. then you have to get to wherever you're going, and then you have to unpack, set up, yeah, do the event, and then wait till one or two in the morning exactly. before you can tear down and go home, and then you get three hours sleep before you go to work. Exactly. Day. And you don't sell anything. <laughs> and it's, and you're just tired, and everyone wonders why you're not more more excited. But hey, you get to yeah, see some exactly. people being spanked. Exactly. So, you know. Or Sundays, it's like you get trapped at the booth. Yeah. And you're like, then you feel like just another prop next to your stuff. Right, 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 right. Well, but, you know, I didn't ha- ever have that experience, <laughs> but. <laughs> A prop thing. Yeah, yeah. It's always yeah. fun. It's like, so many memories. Yeah. It's all changed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it does. So do you are you still like modeling occasionally for friends or whatever? Or are you just made? No, whatever? I've had friends like um, hit me up and you know, Kitty, um, you know, Misfit. You know, we all know each other. Like, I, I would love a shoot with her again, but I just haven't had time. And right. it's just, she's moved too. Everyone's moved also. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, uh, it's, and I, th- I feel like I should because I'm getting older before I really start getting wrinkles. Yeah, yeah. No, you still look great. I mean, you still look pretty much exactly like when we met 10 years, years ago. ago. <laughs> I get, I've gained a 10 pounds since. Oh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's, yeah, I feel like, like before I get really old, maybe I should do more photos, but. You know, and I'm sure when stuff gets released film-wise, mm-hmm. I probably should. Sure, <laughs> for, yeah, yeah. For sure. promo reasons. Right, of course. But of course. I think 
I just got lazier as I got older. You get yeah. tired. Am I, oh, yeah. Well, that's the thing. Is I think one of the reasons why as we get older, time becomes so much more of a, of a commodity and a yeah. priority for us is because we need more downtime yeah. as we get like older. sleeping. Yeah, yeah. Like... We need sleep. We need time to just sit and not think. We need time to just sit and kind of be, kind of veg. Yeah. And, you know, maybe that's bad, but, but I feel like I need more of that as I get older. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I need more time when people aren't. When I don't need to be responsible, exactly. I need I need I need lack of responsibility time, and that's not not like being irresponsible, but just being like nobody's asking me for anything. Yeah. I don't have to provide something for work. I don't have to provide mm-hmm. something for this or that. And the you know the podcast is a happy medium because I can just do it and I can pick up pack it up and take it anywhere, and it's not this yeah. big. It goes in my my regular bag I carry with me everywhere. So it's cute. It's a yeah. cute little setup. Yeah, like the mic too. Yeah, kind of like pick it Eventually, up. Eventually, <laughs> I mean, if we, if if the the audience of this ever grew, <laughs> if the audience ever grew of this to to a certain point where I was actually able to get sponsored, I would take a, a little, a, you know, even just like a web page sponsorship mm-hmm. or whatever. I would just take a little bit of that money and invest in a slightly different microphone setup, but it would still be something that would be very compact and fit in like a backpack and be yeah. done. I think so. it's ideal. It's easier. And that's kind of how I think um, a lot of media is going, like just any kind of format. Sure. Everything's digital. and makes it easier. Like shooting a film, like when I shoot my own little shorts, I just, you know, I, I can edit on my laptop if I have right. to. It's like... Well, people are making movies on iPhones yeah. now. On iPhones or, mm-hmm. or Android phones. I mean, I don't know, the, my, my latest Android phone yeah. is, is uh, has... Um, 1080p, you know, or actually, yeah. I think it'll do 4x video. So, Ooh, that's, yeah, that's fancy, crazy. Yeah, yeah, you can buy a little clip-on lens to go with it now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it has this little ring around the thing, and you can yeah. actually click a magnetic lens onto it, and or they have lens kits that go over it, and then yeah. you can put it in a little, actually a little thing where you can hold it like a camera and stuff. They have little mounting kits, and, and there's stuff. like yeah, you can just download an editing program. I yeah. have that on my little phone. Yeah, it's, uh, it's outdated. Or you just slap it onto your yeah. computer and throw it into mm-hmm. to you know pit, you know insert name of app here or yeah. you know lots of things for iPad and tablets have little apps. Yeah, and it plays back okay. Like I I do that with um on my YouTube I was uh, channel again. I was bored and. I went out so much, I decided just to sh- start shooting video. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I bring out my camera, like I'd sneak it into a cam- like a club, which is a Panasonic GH2. Yeah, I've done yeah. that a couple of times. I snuck it into a couple of clubs. But also, a lot of times, I end up just shooting on my little uh, Samsung. That sure. I have. And it's the uh, S4. But, um, yeah. And I have, like, I think it's called VidPro. is the editing program on it. Sure. But it's like you just do rough edits. So yeah, then I yeah. would just film stuff and stick it up on YouTube. Right. And still, people still pick it up and look at it. Yeah. And just as long as you keep, for um, audio reasons, just keep it short. Yeah. You can post it, but it's just out of pure curiosity and boredom. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that was the thing that I could always rely on you from Facebook entries was <laughs> drinking Merlot and writing, or out at a club, some dude hit on me again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's great, because it makes me feel, because I am, a, going back to aging... You know, I'm in that, it's like not total denial. I don't, I don't feel my age, but I know I'm getting up there. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> and eventually, you know, you'd, like I said, you'd get more tired. And then, mm-hmm. you, know, you know, sometimes I'm like, well, I'm still alive. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, when you get younger guys, like all these young guys hit on me, it's kind of cool. But yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. Well, well, at least I'm not looking my age. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But there's yeah. a hit and miss with that, I think. Yeah. It's like, yeah. yeah. Well, it's nice to be able to have a conversation with somebody as well. Exactly. You know? I mean, there's certain aspects which are kind of universal and are kind of ageless, but then there's other aspects where it's just like personality 
yeah, it has to, you know, chemistry, personal chemistry kind of thing. So yeah, when but, too uh, young. Yeah, I mean, I remember going to clubs when I was younger and being like, oh, it's 2 o'clock, I don't want it to end, I want right. it to go on forever, and now I'm like, eh, it's 12.30, I've been here long enough, time to go. Yeah, what time is it? What You're time with is friends. It? Yeah, yeah. What time is it? Yeah, I'm, I don't know, I, I got some, like, have some executive level napping to do tomorrow. I, I don't know about you, but I started getting crankier, too, as I got older. Oh, God, it's, tell me about it. It's like, I had one friend that would want to stay out all night, and I could do that, like, in my 20s. I was, I was like, oh, yeah, no sleep, you know, and even I just, you know, I was sober sometimes, and I don't know how I did it. I would stay up all night and then go work the next morning, and I, it was, like, no problem. And now, like, as I get older, it's like, I, it's like after two, I get cranky. Yeah. And I get really, like, a child. Irritable, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. Like... yeah we usually, turn, when we go out, and we still go out a couple times a month, at least, and we, we try to get home before yeah. two. By 2, 2.30, because, it, yeah, it's like, yeah. It's really funny. It's like you drive to the club, you worked all day, you drive to the mm-hmm. club, you pop a five-hour five hour energy before you go into the club. Right. And it wears off in about three and a half hours. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you're just like, oh, now i got to drive home. And, of course, you know, I said the thing about the, the distance thing, and when you, when you live where I do... You know, Hollywood's farther away for yeah. me than it is for but. But I mean, I see people at the clubs all the time who are coming in from Orange County or even Riverside yeah. <laughs> and going to the club, and it's like, wow, geez, that's a real commitment. Because I wouldn't, if I lived around, you know, by Disneyland or further out, right. I would not be coming to clubs in Hollywood. It's almost like they just discovered them. Well, yeah. I guess we, we haven't gone to clubs for a while. It's funny, though. That too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, though. People think that Valencia is far away, like Orange County or Riverside mm-hmm. County is, and it's just not. It really it's isn't. Yeah, it's 25 minutes from Hollywood. Or, yeah. or not 25 minutes, but 25 minutes from the valley. Yeah. And then maybe another 15, 20 up on the other side of Hollywood. So, yeah. I mean, we get the back and forth of clubs in about 45 minutes. Yeah. But we're used to it. But I had so many people like, oh, my God, it's so far. And it's like... Farther to go to Disney, you you're back and forth to Disneyland every other right. week, weekend with your annual pass. You know it's a lot further there to, than it is. You know, you know you live in you live in uh, you live in Encino, and you're driving to Anaheim. <laughs> Sorry, people who aren't from Los Angeles who don't know. I mean, that's a a lot of. What well, I'd see that at the clubs all the time because I'd go to all the little trendy clubs and mm-hmm, the hot spots mm-hmm. or whatever, and uh, it's. You know, I'd meet people, and they were like you said, they would drive in from Orange County. I'm thinking, why do you want to even drive that far? Yeah, yeah. Some people come in for Compton. You're like, okay, I get it. Yeah, I'm probably bored. Yeah. You're right yeah. Well, I have, like, a, I have a friend who just who just moved to downtown. She got like a nice apartment oh, yeah, downtown because yeah. there's a lot of really great apartments mm-hmm. downtown, but there's nothing to do there. Mm-hmm. But there's <laughs> uh, like a couple of clubs, a couple of little things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's a couple of clubs around. But but getting to Hollywood from downtown is so much closer. And she used to live way way out mm-hmm. south south east and it's like it's so much closer for her so it's better plus her commute she like lives downtown and works you know in on the you know near the west side so it's like you know oh god i hate a commute to the west side from even from hollywood oh yeah i used to work (laughs) i used to work in century city and live up here i lived up here back then and i was i was riding a motorcycle or for years i took a commuter bus because Santa Clarita has all these commuter buses that go oh, everywhere nice. they go to. There's one, they, they hit all the universities mm-hmm. and central hubs. So there's one that goes to, um, that makes a few stops and stop, and last stop is um, uh, 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 the train station, uh, LA and yeah. downtown. Um, the, um, what's the name of the train <laughs> station? It's not Grand Central, it's. Some train. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like it's the train station downtown. <laughs> It's Sunday, man. Go wow. <laughs> then there's one that goes to um, UCLA, hits UCLA and it goes down 405, okay. goes to UCLA and Century City. Then there's another one that goes to um, 
that goes to Seasun uh, and uh, the Warner Center, mm-hmm. and then there's another one that goes to like Culver City. And so they have all these buses that go back and forth, and that's all they do all day is drive, you know, in the morning yeah. and in the evening is they make two or three, like two trips, I think, two trips each every morning and every evening. And it was great because I could get another hour and a half of sleep mm-hmm. and I could just chill out or watch movies on my laptop. And it was great. It's like one of those real nice, comfortable charter buses where the seat goes back and you have your own nice. air and your own air and your own light. And, you know, I usually just slept. And that's how I got to Century City, because otherwise it was, you know, the 5 to the 405. Or maybe yeah, sometimes it was the crazy. 14 to the 5 to the 405, and up and over the hill and down, and then get off at Santa Monica, and it was, it was awful. It was horrible. Like, when I lived in Hollywood, because I just moved out, like, what, June? Mm-hmm. And I lived in that same building for 10 years. But it was kind of, it was in the heart of Hollywood. It was just kind of by Hollywood Highland, mm-hmm. in that area. Mm-hmm. It's like its own little island, and just to get to a freeway, it would take like a half an hour or so. Sure. So whenever I worked anywhere, just it was so hard for me to get over the hill because literally to get to Burbank during rush hour it would take like an hour or so. Oh yeah. And you're right. It's just how many miles? <laughs> yeah. And it's ironic because you know I've been staying at, at my mom is up in the high desert, you know, in Hesperia, and the whole drive from there to Hollywood is just an hour and 30 minutes. Sure, and it's, sure. And that's far. It's on the way to Vegas. Yeah. But uh, uh, it's just in this whole different mentality. I find it fascinating because it's like um, I've been in a bubble for so long in Hollywood. Sure, so sure. I've been kind of branching out and going up north to yeah. my friend Raina. It's just interesting to see different people and yeah. the things they do. Different, <laughs> the, the way that, the way that it, even though that, that L.A. is yeah. rather diverse and yeah. has... And has all these different cultural centers mm-hmm. to it. There's a big Asian population, big obviously big Latino population, yeah. and there's plenty of white people. Exactly. And obviously there's plenty of black people yeah. as well. And you have those kind of things, and then you have the kind of money strata, the you yeah. know, stratum, the strata of, of, of wealth mm-hmm. from the poorest to the to the richest yeah. as well. But LA has this kind of culture of dealing with cars and traffic, mm-hmm. of, of getting from place to place, because yeah. it's also completely spread out it's like manhattan exactly. goes up and every and la goes out it's just out exactly. everywhere and so everybody has this thing of t- it's like the the sketch on snl the californians where everybody's <laughs> yeah. they're, they're they get into this whole soap opera thing and then but then they start eventually the conversation always turns to what route are you going to take to get from where to where it's like hey Brent, right? how'd you get here so if i oh, took the 101 to the to malibu canyon and drove over up and over or some side street and, yeah yeah so, and that's the thing is you get to the point where you're so fed up with freeways you, you find ways <laughs> exactly. these crazy strangled you know, uh, routes to get from point A to point B that maybe even longer physically, you know, lengthwise of actually longer driving distance, but you get there faster than just sitting on a freeway. Yeah. And when it, eventually when I was working in Century City, I, got, I was going up and over Coldwater, but I was going through Franklin Canyon Park mm-hmm. because it was in exact eight minutes from the, entering the park at the top to, to exiting the park at the bottom. And Coldwater, you never knew if it was going to be dead standstill mm-hmm. or going 30 miles an hour. But if you hit that exact 15 miles an hour when you enter the park in Franklin Canyon, by the time you get to the end of it, it's exactly eight minutes. And you could always get from, from Mulholland Drive to Beverly Hills in eight minutes. Wow. Every time. And, and that's the thing. is like when you take one certain route like that, mm-hmm. you get stuck. Mm-hmm. You, there's no uh, sneak. You can't get off of the street <laughs> right. <laughs> to right. go and drop down to another street. No. You're just no. stuck on a street. The canyon in a, roads, in, yeah, yeah, yeah. In a hill. <laughs> 
Well, it's really interesting. I mean, oil companies must absolutely adore Los Angeles because mm-hmm. you have all these millions of people driving by themselves, mm-hmm. not commuting with other people, sitting in their cars for hours a day, just burning off gas. And they must just sit and wring their hands and, and go diving Scrooge McDuck style into their pile of gold coins. They must love that. Yeah, it's just, it's just really weird. It's, it's amazing. And how many times people have put forward referenda to expand freeways, mm-hmm. to build double-decker lanes over the 101, or to widen things here or there. And so many people are just like, I don't want the noise in my exactly. neighborhood. <laughs> and it's just like, hey, jerk-off, we've got <laughs> millions of people trying to get places. Sorry you bought a house for 50 cents, 50, 50 cents underneath a, an overpass right? of the freeway. <laughs> we're, we're widening. Suck it. You know, I mean, that's the way yeah. it should be, but... California also ha- tends to have a thing of, oh, well, people are complaining. We can't do anything. Don't want to upset anyone. Don't upset anyone. Although everyone has to drive from point A to point B just to work to put a roof over their heads. Right, right. And of course, you probably have economy. like oil company execs in the background handing money to some city <laughs> council members saying, uh, throw this one out. Throw this one out. I remember once I, um, when I was working on the West Side, we had a Christmas party. Was it Christmas? Some kind of holiday party. I can't remember which holiday. Mm-hmm. It was at, in Venice Beach. And at that time I lived in Hollywood. It sure. literally took me three hours to get from yeah. Venice Beach home yeah. in Hollywood. And I, I was going crazy. I just hated it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, gee, I could be halfway to San Francisco by now. Yeah, it's like, right? I know. Yeah, that's, that's the funny thing is we, we have a friend who lives up, in, uh, up above uh, Santa Cruz in the mountains. Yeah. And we drive... Um, We'll go up to see her for a weekend, and we'll leave on a Thursday or Friday mm-hmm. night, at late night, mm-hmm. like at 8 o'clock, and get there at 1 or 2 in the morning. And it's amazing how there's just no traffic, and yeah. traffic just goes. Although sometimes coming back, the, the drive through what, what we call the Gap of Rohan, which is okay. just that big, wide, open yeah. up the 5, up and down yeah. the 5 freeway. Once you get past the grapevine, and mm-hmm. you just go out, and, and everything's exactly. like mountain roads, and then you pass Levick, mm-hmm. and then you go around the corner, and everything it's just flat. goes, <laughs> Exactly. And you go through that huge central valley, and it's just a straight line for 100 miles or so, 150 miles. Yeah. (laughs) But it's hard to stick it on cruise control because it's only two lanes, and Mm -hmm. you have these trucks, and you have these cars, and you have these people who won't go around Mm -hmm. the trucks, and it's just, it's maddening. Every time I've driven the route up to San Fran, I don't know if you know, there's always like one drunk person that's somehow swerving all around the place. And I'm always behind them. (laughs) Yes. There's always one drunk, and then there's always a CHP officer looking for you and not looking for them. Exactly. Looking to pull you over for speeding, buddy. But what about this drunk asshole who almost cut off 40 people? I remember like last time, too, I was watching a... Some stuff go down, and it gets entertaining after all because you're on a fr- freaking freeway for yeah. God knows how. Long. You don't have anything else. To yeah, do, exactly. You're just there looking down a <laughs> exactly. down a, a gray line that disappears into then nothing. One day you'll get to a city. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> but like I remember, I was driving, and this asshole came rolling up on my ass, and then rode me my car for a while, and then um, someone got I think in front of me, and so he went around me. He did the same thing to that person. Uh-huh, uh-huh. However, that person must have had another person following him because another person drove up next to him. Mm-hmm. And then I watched them tag team each other for a while. And then all of a sudden I lost them and then they, they appeared again. And um, I saw the guy was totally running the ass of this one little car in a van that was tag teaming the other car. Mm-hmm. I literally saw it come behind me, turn off its lights, 
go in front of the guy that was writing and because oh because that's what happened the guy that was writing my butt cut me off too yeah. then cut off that person uh he, that car cut off the other car the asshole cut off the other car so uh-huh. this van comes next to me turns off its lights goes right in front of the guy and pop cuts him off and turns on his lights Wow. He snuck up and did a, one of those. Wow. So I was like, I was all waiting. I'm, I'm just going to stay back here. And yeah, I'm going to stay back happen. here and let these people kill each other and <laughs> wait to slow down. Did you see the, did you see the video of the, I don't remember, I think it was in Pennsylvania or somewhere where like there was a 200 car in Big Rig pileup. No. And there was a, 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 a guy at the side of the road with a camera just filming people. Wow. And there's black ice and there's already this pileup and people are coming out of this fog into, oh shit. And, you know, they're driving too fast, they're following yeah. too close, and they just crash, 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 crash. And in wow. all of that 200, 200 vehicle pileup, only one person died, and wow, there were amazing. some car fires. But, oh, yeah. There was a street in Denver that we used to sit in the wintertime, and the news the news would go and park its van whenever there was icy conditions. <laughs> they would park their van on Wadsworth, and they would just wait for people That's to come great. over the hill and shh. It's fascinating. <laughs> There's another one. They're like taking bets. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. See if this one survives. <laughs> it's like... So how did you um, bringing it back to uh, like media, media and stuff? Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> um, but how did you uh, actually get started in writing your own movies and stuff? Did you just kind of start doing it, or do it with friends, or just no? And... Well, it's interesting because um, I've been writing since I was a kid yeah. and drawing. Okay. So it was kind of my escape because. You know, had a dysfunctional family, so I hid in my room and drew. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, and I would just write stories since back then. And on top of it, I'm dyslexic, and a lot of people don't realize that. Mm-hmm. And I didn't actually start speaking until I was four. Mm. So I took speech therapy, and um, I, I had to learn how to say R because I did the W's. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah so it's R. like, so for me, I always had... Kind of the Elmer Fudd yeah. pronunciation, the wuh, wuh sound, yeah. Exactly. And so... Or maybe Welsh. Yeah, is that what? <laughs> yeah. What, what? My dad was Irish, so then I helped. He was Irish in the British Army, so I had this really wacky, like, oh, kind of right. snatched sure, kind of sure. accent. And I would say Ben and all those other things. Right. But my mom's American. So anyway, when we came to the States, because I wasn't born here, I was born overseas, um, I finally got put into a program at the local... Um, there's local school district in this mm-hmm. area, and uh, I had actually just learned how to talk properly. So I have problems with like phonics and breakdowns, mm-hmm. but a lot of people don't realize it just because you get used to it. Oh sure, sure. And um, but it made me kind of a little insecure because I know sometimes I flubber up on my right. Like I always have to have an editor every time mm-hmm, I write mm-hmm. an article, or whatever. I tell an editor to review it because I do have dyslexia. But anyway, so um, I did have a high school teacher tell me. Because I had problems um, speaking out loud and remembering longer words, which mm-hmm. is a common sure thing. Sure, because they get jumbled. Yeah, between it's, your one, yeah. one part of your brain and another yeah. part of your brain, there's a disconnect, and yeah. things get jumbled. So, so she literally told me I'd amount to nothing. <laughs> so, oh, so I had one of those. I was like, oh, okay, but she told that to my best friend at the time too. But um, so as years went on, I just ended up. I knew I wanted to be in animation. Sure. So I took. A class at 117 and 3D animation. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, then... And this was back in school? Back in grade school? or In high school. High school. Yeah. So, well, I took... I, what's funny is I actually uh, took a lot of college courses to finish my high school sure. diploma. Mm-hmm. And I hated high school. <laughs> and then, like, later I took classes here and there. And I started working at Chief Auto Parts at the time. Um, and then I transferred to uh, Redondo Beach 
from Hesperia when I was just a couple months after I turned 19 mm-hmm. and lived with a bunch of friends in like a small, well, it was a small, it was a decent size. So it was like two bedroom, one bath apartment, and we just made it at work. Right. And then between couches, <laughs> exactly. beds, you know, twin, you know, double ten beds people in one room. You know, it's yeah, like yeah, we're okay. known as a kid. Reminds me of the Rocky Horror. Days. Exactly. Anyway, <laughs> and, yeah, exactly. and it's also you know when they didn't card people, so we were always right. going to bars and stuff. Sure. <laughs> like, so we were just kind of wild children, but responsible at the same time. It's really weird. Yeah. Uh, when I was working at Chief Auto Parts, Emma, a person that owned a, a game studio, mm-hmm. and uh, I started interning there, uh, and then soon later I took a class through UCLA Extensions mm-hmm. at Silicon Studios, which is no longer around. Right. For animation again, I met my friend Jody Etchegary, and he was a visual effects supervisor <laughs> later on, but now he's gone to therapy. <laughs> uh, so he helped me get into South Park. Okay. So then I worked on the feature, and it just kind of... Uh, he, he was a good mentor, because he's always like, just send out your resume, you know, just fax people, you just... just do so were you an mentor. animator on the on the South Park movie? Yeah. Okay, cool, yeah. I didn't so, know that. Yeah, oh, you know... Uh, no, that's cool. This is all my random... Oh, whatever. sure, sure. So like, no, no, I mean, that's great. Um, yeah, I, I was an assistant uh, animator and modeler, but, I just, uh, but <laughs> I also worked a full-time job during the day. Oh, wow. In post-production. Oh, yeah. Did you did you work on specific scenes or, or were you get, like we on te- scenes. on on certain certain scenes you yeah. get your your team would get assigned a scene and you'd work out whatever no, task uh, you did or well it, it was kind of um, how do I explain it so it, it one in stages so and most animation companies do it this way where there's different areas so some people specialize in rigging and modeling and sure. and the actual uh, texturing and mm-hmm. uh, <clears throat> I went in we were kind of like the grunts <laughs> I guess because it was. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, it was an inter- it was assistant like assistant animator assistant modeler mm-hmm. um, towards the end we did some texturing but um, our group it went in at night right so the main pro animators would set up the models the space and everything um, and then we'd just go in and animate like I did Terrence Phillips' heads movement, talking. Oh, cool. We did a lot of the lip syncing. Right, sure, which of course. drove me nuts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's... <laughs> and you dream about it every once in a while. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I remember dreaming about it and uh, thinking, wow, I'm animating to this. Some of my scenes got cut. Yeah. I animated, and some, I would just, I'm like, wow, I'm really animating these words right now. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but I did that, going back to, I don't know how the heck I did it. Uh, I did that at night, and so I would work a full-time job at, at the time it was Crest National as a I was um, a receptionist, so I could learn the basics of, because um, that's another thing Jody told me to do. He's like, well, get into post-production, you can learn, it helps you learn more of the production sure, side. Sure, sure. And it keeps you working, basically. So, um, I was working at Crest National, and that I just did from, I got that job through faxing resumes back when we used to fax. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Went in, and uh, <laughs> back you, then. You kids in your Gmail, and your, exactly. your Tweety Box, and your, yeah. Yeah, and you know when we actually had to go and present our resumes, people didn't hope people read them. But uh, so, yeah, so I worked at uh, Crest National during the day, and then I worked on South Park at night. Mm-hmm. Uh, then I left Crest National, which became Cross Digital, which is now closed, to go to Post Logic as a production assistant. Okay. And they're now closed, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it so, yeah, another post facility, but they did high def, and that's where I learned to scrape products. Um, like, there's uh, Henry, what Henry product is. My friend Co, um, he uh, kind of was a mentor there, too. He uh, runs a group called MG- DML LA, <laughs> Digital Media Arts of LA. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and he's been around for years, and so I met him there. But anyway, so I uh, worked at, in post-production during the day, and then I would leave and go take a half an hour nap, eat something really quick, like literally, and then go to South Park in wow. Marina Del Rey. So wow. my, I worked and lived in Hollywood and went to Marina Del Rey so I could get the credit and get the experience. So And then sometimes we wouldn't leave until 1, 2 in the morning right? because we had to finish the, the scenes. Right. And then towards the end where they were wrapping up production because they uh, had to reshoot and redo a few things, mm-hmm. I remember pulling an all-nighter on a weekend mm-hmm. like just to finish it. So I literally went in, I think it was 6 p.m. one night and left 6 a.m. the next. And we were all delirious and tired. Yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> and we went to, and we just had breakfast in the morning and drove home. And it was literally burning off of sugar, like coffee and sugar. Just, we ate cereal. <laughs> <laughs> I always say, I got hooked on Lucky, Lucky Charms when I was working there. Mm, yeah, he's And coffee. That's when I got hooked on coffee. Mm-hmm. And, but I was still young, so when you're young, you can do that for sure, some reason. Sure. You're like, oh, I only had two, three hours sleep. You're going to the store, and you're buying yeah. coffee and lucky boxes of Lucky Charms. They think, oh, here's a big stoner right here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You just live you off of it. You papers with that? It was you like, know? you're so thin. It's like, because I wasn't eating, because right, I was, like, I mean, working yeah. all the time. Sugar and coffee, <laughs> right, right, right. But, like, yeah, and I remember, so, like, that, that was that story. And it, it was funny going back to um, people's perception, because, like, I didn't talk much about what I did, because I was just working all the time. So, it's... It, I had hardly any love life. I would date guys. I remember one guy I dated, and I found this out later too. He told his friends he he really thought I was a stripper because he didn't understand why I didn't have time for him. And when I was gone all night long, <laughs> like seriously, he be like, and I'm like, and he made a call. He's like, "So you strip?" I'm like, "No." And I kept telling him what I did, but I don't know if he just didn't believe it. So he must he, not. Have. Yeah. So, <laughs> no, and, I, I do, I'm an animator, and I work at night at South Park, and I'm working work. on Friday. Yeah. And I'm young, so I don't get paid much, you know. So it's like, and I remember, like, for the longest time, he sort because it, it, he just did not understand why and the guys never understood why I never had time. Right, for him. I'm like, right. I was just working. That's like, literally, I would work on the weekends too. I was on call for the South Park on a top. I was just on call, so they beep. That's when you had a pager. They pagers, beep. Oh yeah. Yeah. Pagers, yeah, yeah. I get a beep, a call, and you know, and you know, go in or not. And, uh, yeah, so it's funny. And years later, I remember, like, I think it was, like, probably almost 10 years later when I was working at awntv.com, uh, his friend that I met back then started another online video portal. It was Movie Flicks? Wait, which one's? It was, I forgot what it was called, but. So I contacted his friend and said, hey, you got, you know, maybe we could do a partnership or something. Sure. He's like, wow, you did so well for yourself. I'm like, yeah, well, you know, that's what I've been doing. He's like, really? He's like, because. Rob, that was his name, <laughs> said you were a stripper. I'm like, no. <laughs> I'm like, what? No. I started laughing. I was like, because I'm at work and I'm all, well, I'm all, maybe it's because I worked so much. Yeah. Maybe it's because I was working at yeah. night. And I was just kind of fascinated by that because he just told all of his friends. So I'm like, wow, this whole time all these people thought I was a stripper. That's awesome. <laughs> I was yeah. like, Which I have nothing against strippers. And well, no. I probably would have made more money. <laughs> 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 but yeah, it's just uh, like. Like you do. <laughs> Why is this funny? So that's I'm paying my... You're on, you're on the pole. You're, you're, you're giving a lap dance. Yeah. Like, what do you do? Well, I'm, I'm just doing this while I'm paying to work at South Park. Exactly, right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I just want the credit, so <laughs> I need to pay my bill. But yeah, so that's how I got in that. And, oh, I, I totally ADD'd again, because I do have ADD. But like, so I end up just working... I, I was... We're just kind of like the drones. Like people that work post production, you just deal with like the client and the company, and you make the text. You make sure everyone's happy, mm-hmm, and you get mm-hmm. yelled at. Mm-hmm. It's like right, right. so. That's basically, and you know, post production is long hours. A lot of people don't realize that. Just like it, it's like 
you know, um, you, I remember working like 14 hour days sometimes at certain post houses and like, uh, and finally I was, for, I was laid off at, I think it was after, um, my second round. Cause I went back to Crest Digital cause they were like family. Right. And, um, uh, the Steins owned it and you know they're great people so they always treated their people like family but sometimes they were really up in your business like family right sure sure but you could always go back to them oh that's cool they didn't mind if you went away and, you and worked. came back right yeah. right like some companies are really weird about that uh, yeah yeah but um, they were actually very supportive of it so I went back to work with them again in marketing then I went into as a IFE in-flight entertainment account manager mm-hmm. uh, and then I was laid off from that because they had to do some downsizing and they actually bought another location down in Orange County and I didn't want to do a commute. Yeah, too much of a commute, yeah. <laughs> so um, when I was laid off then, that's when I started modeling again. Mm-hmm. And that's when I met you, know, it was in 2008. Um, I was, I, when I was at Crest, my friend's like, oh, you should get a MySpace account. I didn't know. He's a, a director there. He was right. an indie director. He's like, yeah, no, that's how you get a following. And I'm like, why do I want a following? Like, like really? <laughs> I just work. That's how I do. And so the dra- that's where my dragonfly came from. Because right. it's like, well, use your name, but don't use your last name. And I'm like, oh, what connects me? And I could think about it was my dragonfly tattoo. And now on Facebook, <laughs> everybody uses their real name. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. they have to. So um, I was blogging a lot on MySpace. And that's when all of a sudden, I forgot how I started Oh, I was bored, and I responded to a photo clothing ad for a runaway model. So I, I did that. That's where I met Rick Garcia. And so I just took my first pictures, and I think because we are all connected in that same group, yeah. that's how we got on the MySpace talking. One day I went, I, I, a girl I was dating had a friend who was, yeah. a, 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 was working with models to do f- photos, and I'm like, yeah. I could do that. And so <laughs> I went and bought, I had this little point and click. Yeah. And, I, and then I just went on Facebook and said, hey, I'm looking and started doing photography and I want to work with some models. Are you in? And, you yeah. Know, and, you know, it's all completely above boards and, and blah, blah, blah. And yeah. So I met you and I met some other people. I mean, everybody I was working with in like 2005, 2006, 2007, yeah. all met them on MySpace. Just yeah, hitting that's people how it up was. on MySpace. Just going yeah. through, looking for people who, for, for models, people who mm-hmm. look like they could model. And I even got to the point where I printed up, went to Vista Print, printed up some business cards, and and would yeah. see somebody out in public and say, "Hey, I think you have a good look. I'm a photographer. Call me if you want. Here's my number." And yeah. Then, and then you know, and sometimes they would call, and, and sometimes they wouldn't. So yeah. and and I actually got some gigs out of that too. Oh, that's good. Yeah. And then um and but I, and then I you know I had that whole studio set up in my garage. Mm-hmm. I, basically, we had this wonderful garage that we weren't weren't parking cars in. We'd use it for storage, and I kind of moved everything out to the perimeter of the garage. Went to Home Depot, mm-hmm. bought a bunch of black plastic sheeting that they use for bedding flower beds, you know, putting like a base under under the dirt and flower beds, yeah. and hung it up like curtains all the way up like a perimeter. And then I hung up sheet, got different colored sheets and different colored fabrics, different types of fabrics, and then a whole bunch of those colored gel fl- floodlights, mm-hmm. and then a, a, a construction light, and then... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Had a bed and a couch out there, I mean, and just coated stuff, and just and uh, took and took pictures, yeah. and it was great. And some of them turned out really great. I and mean, we did some, I always we did them. vampire yeah. shoots, and we did um, kind of boudoir stuff. We even did some, I even did some, uh, did some high art nude photography. I did some, even some BDSM fetish stuff, and we just all had a good time, and it was, yeah, fun. It was fun. I had, I met a lot of, made a lot of friends who were, who were like dominatrixes and I met a lot of friends who were models and made a lot of friends who were mm-hmm. just in different various 
things. And some people, it was weird. Some of the people, they would come and do the photo shoot, and I would give them the copy of their pictures. Mm -hmm. I would print them out or put them on a disc and give them to them, and then I'd never hear from them again. <laughs> it was like, well, that was weird. It's like, I, I, you know, I'm, whatever. I don't know if they thought they were getting away with something or, or whatever, but I never charged anybody. Nobody yeah. ever charged me to model, and I never charged anybody yeah. to photo shoot. It was just kind of this mutual thing. We both each do whatever we want with the photos, yeah. and any photo that I'm going to put up anywhere, I'm going to say, hey, I want to use this photo. Are you okay with that? Yeah. And that was it, and that was the agreement. And then eventually I worked up a contract to do mm -hmm. that and everything, and it worked out fine, and... and I had a good time and made a lot, made some art and yeah. tried to sell it. That didn't work, but you know, I had a good time and made some friends. And I don't think I ever made any enemies off of it. So yeah. it was good. It was, it was back then when we were all like, because you know, we'd all go to um, Miss Kitty's little ranch. Sure. Up in where she live hmm. in the valley. Yeah. But anyway, but it's like everyone kind of like Edwin Gomez. Everyone started getting along with each other, yeah, and yeah. it was like all the photographers and the models. Kinda well, I never got invited to the ranch, Miss Kitty's oh, ranch. Yeah, yeah. I never got invited. Oh, to the you ranch, know? Uh oh. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we I went to the I went to the uh, the basement a few times, but I never okay. got invited to out to the ranch. Oh, yeah, because so. well, we actually shot uh, part of Divine Order there. Oh, cool! Because cool. it it kind of had a calming feeling to it. Sure, sure, yeah, <laughs> so yeah, yeah, of course, of like, course, course, course. Like a cop so, yeah, exactly, kind of thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's like yeah. I've it's been to a couple great. parties at a couple of ranches owned by people. Yeah, but I have I never went to Miss. I never kind of got yeah. in with the inner circle of the yeah. Miss Kitty crowd, so... Yeah, they were fun, but... but yeah, I mean, they like, kind of knew who I was, but I never kind of got in into their the inner circle, circle, so... Never it's got funny, because it is, out. like, little circles everywhere. It really is. I mean, <laughs> well, there's, you know, there's there, there's kind of, like, the, the club yeah. thing, and then there's, like, smaller groups, yeah. and then there's even smaller groups within that, and... and you really have to know somebody for a long time and mm -hmm. develop a trust, like trusting friendship with somebody before they mm -hmm. kind of invite you in, and and, and that's fine too. So, yeah. you know, the public, you know, public is open to anybody. But uh, it's funny at Miss Kitty's, they always had that back room that nobody was allowed to go into except for the people in the the family or whatever. And then they had mm -hmm. the you'd go to the basement. Yeah. It was the same way. There was this VIP area or back area or whatever. Yeah. So and I was just like, yeah, whatever. I'm here. It's fine. I'm I'm staying out past two. So <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> yeah, I'm able yeah. to go and get a you know get a drink for a donation past two o'clock in the morning. So Great. that's fine. But whatever. Oh yeah. Oh, so going back to MySpace because you know ADD again. <laughs> yeah. yeah sure. Oh yeah. So uh, going to the writing. So when I got into writing, it's uh, I was blogging on that. Uh -huh. You know, I was doing little updates and blogs. And Robert Ryan uh, from Girls and Corpses. Right. Um, that's how I met him too. Was through MySpace. I just realized. So we, I, we know we Facebook. Uh, sorry, MySpace each other every once in a while, and um, he liked my writing style. Sure. And then he asked me if I'd want to write for the magazine. Mm -hmm. So I did one risky article in the beginning, and because uh, it, it was just like. It's like reviewing a 3D porn site. I'm like, how do you review a 3D porn site? So I just went off on it. It was kind of funny. And then uh, how do you keep your glasses clean? <laughs> I mean, that's, that's probably the first question. Well, it's funny because it's like they're all animated characters, <laughs> right. and it's like this weird game. And you're like, yeah, okay. Yeah. But and then it had poker, which I, and it had blackjack. I was like, oh, I can play the blackjack. Poker, on it. like you do. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like, er, er, er. But uh, yeah, so then I started writing for him, and then uh, oh, when I was laid off. Uh, that's what I was talking about too uh, with my ADD moment at the same time though when I was laid off and doing the modeling writing for Robert um, I to take a gig I worked I did a, some uh, claymation and some After Effects stuff for my friend Quirky Quackamba she did all the Mad TV claymation sure sure um, 
and there I met Patrick Obell, who mm-hmm. directed Client 14. And oh, yeah, yeah. He's also the director of The Divine Order. Cool. So Patrick's like, oh, you know, I think, you know, I think you'd be a great producer. I was like, oh, sure. Okay. He's like, you seem to know a lot of people and whatever. I'm like, yeah, I guess I know some people. <laughs> like, yeah. So then I ended up, like, producing that film, and it's how I got into producing. And then um, at the time, I guess women horror was becoming a thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you notice I say horror because of my R's. I knew you meant horror. horror. <laughs> but, um, and you're not the only per- person I've met who, who has trouble pronouncing the word horror. 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 So, uh, yeah, so at the time I was like, oh, well, you know, what do I do with the pictures? Because, you know, I had right. your pictures too that look like a freaking vampire. I was like, oh, I kind of look like a vampire. <laughs> it's like, yeah. and so, um, that's yeah, the ones we did were always really tasteful. She's like, yeah. I can't show any paint because I'm because of work, and so yeah. I'm like, okay, that's fine. Yeah, exactly. Whatever. Yeah, and because I always worked in corporate shit. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. But um, I wish a lot of people don't understand that. They're like, what? Yeah. Okay. But anyway, so um, uh, at the time, people were starting to get you know pay attention to females and horror, and uh, I was one of those females. So I was like, oh, here's some pictures, and they're like, oh, this is great, and like people start publicate, you know, you know, they start that. Uh, Posting the pics everywhere and then like asking for interviews and that's cool. Yeah, so I got into that and I'm like, wow, there's all this pressure and I'm like, God, I feel like I should direct something. <laughs> 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 what should I do? And yeah. so and I had actors hitting me up like wanting to work with me and Andy, you know, he, he, I met Andy through my old neighbor and friend um, Ashley Caldwell and she's you know uh, so he kept asking. He's like, oh look, we should work together. So finally, uh, I wrote out the Suburban Count, which I. Came up with the idea when I worked at Crest National. I based them off of people I worked with. Mm-hmm. I thought it would be funny if these guys were... One guy was this... I always saw him as like a vampire count. And he's, there was a stoner that worked there. It's it just mm-hmm. like funny stuff. So I yeah. really just took those people and personalities and wrote it into the script. Right. And then I had some friends work on it. And that was the sh- first short. And Patrick shot it for me. And then he's like, oh, well, you should edit yourself. So they gave me an editing program. I'm like, okay. And... Because I did do editing here and there in right. post-production. And then I realized, oh, there's stuff I forgot to shoot. So I just, I just stuck in, like, pictures. <laughs> I'm like, dude. <laughs> but, so that was the first one. And Andy wanted to do another film. So I'm like, and I realized I don't like working with, I had too many people in my place. Because it was like, I had a small studio and shot there. So I just literally wrote uh, a sin that cannot be forgiven for one person, which was Andy. And then, of course, I was in it. Cause you I, wanted something smaller. Yeah. To deal with and, you know, a smaller crew and it's like just easier to do. Because, I mean, if I can edit it myself. It's right. Like, and <laughs> so I did that and uh, then the guys wanted to do another film. So that's Patrick. Because mm-hmm. I can't, because I have ADD and dyslexia. So for me, writing a feature film, uh, you know, that drives me nuts. It's like, you know, I, I probably do it. But it's just, you know, just sitting there for so long. <laughs> right. Trying to get out the idea from my head. Like most I've done is like, short and like i have enough, i have other scripts are written but they're up to like 24 pages whatever right oh and then reina and i did co-write a film no service but you know we're still working on the funding and you know everything takes time and have you got into crowdfunding or anything like that we tried that um the thing is like we i think the thing with crowdfunding is a few years ago it was a hit for filmmaking um but, and, and honestly, with the economy, last year was just a bad year for everyone. Right. Because it, the economy just... Unfortunately, split. I think that they're... The crowdfunding thing, crowdsourcing and crowdfunding started off as a really great idea. Mm-hmm. And then, unfortunately, some people who... Did it. <laughs> well, some people, I think, who 
had other avenues for mm-hmm. funding, used it. Exactly. And I think a lot of pe- it jaded a lot of people and thought, yeah. why is this person who's famous, who has mm-hmm. access to studios and directors and producers and people who will give them, and production companies and people who yep. will fund their movie, why are they crowdfunding? Why are, exactly. they, why are they doing that? And I think a lot of people soured that to that. Yep. yep. Another thing is a lot of, there were a lot of scams as well. And I think, because mm-hmm. there's really, the way that the way that a lot of the crowdfunding sites set it up, it made it very easy for people to just take the money and go and, exactly. and not give anything in return and say, oh, well, it didn't work out, Later. sorry. And then rather than being mm-hmm. nice and giving people their money back, they just ran yeah. off with the money. Exactly. And so I think that's, that's kind of killed crowdfunding for a lot of things. And now mm-hmm. only people who have some level of fame but don't have level of money mm-hmm. are using it successfully to a degree but yeah. um, the everyman the everyday you know now there's people on there saying oh pay my bills or exactly whatever. no I've and, seen and that it's like, it's like you know, yeah. oh, I need my bills paid I don't, I'm not going to set that up it's yeah. like, but you know it's like uh, a lot of people don't realize like producers directors whatever in the indie world usually fund it themselves right. a lot of them do of they try that's why i usually have a day job it's right. like right now you think you money. think people like uh you know like kevin smith and yeah. james gunn when they started off they were making stuff mm-hmm. on their own i mean james yeah. gunn landed with trauma and got got in exactly. with them and they were able to always scrape together enough money off their video sales and stuff mm-hmm. to to kind of fund the next project or whatever but you have and to do that push right, to right, get another right. And, and and then going back to that like getting your content out there and there's more outlets now there are um but it's it's uh, distribution is interesting now because of the digital media aspect. Sure. Uh, it's not as um, if you know the back roads, you can distribute yourself. Um, it's just time consuming and the marketing issues. Um, uh, just because I dealt with post production forever and I was a digital media supervisor right. at post production, uh, but I noticed now there's it's, it's oversaturation. Of sure. Content. Sure. And that's what's, you know, that's why larger distributors are getting more finicky with what they pick up, right. what they choose to release. Right. Um, you can, like I said, again, a lot of indies do release on their own now because you can just bring out a DVD and release it or just get, you know, get ProRes file and send it off to someone. But like, uh, and so I've lost my train of thought. <laughs> but anyway, so well, it's, it's, like, it's difficult for indies because yeah. they, they, you know, because of oversaturation. There's, just, it, like, because basically like, anybody can pick up yeah. their phone or a or a, mm-hmm. a, a camera on a device and make something, make content. Yeah, which people are being encouraged to do. I mean, mm-hmm. that's kind of why a lot of these things are happening. It's like so you can make your own content. And especially millennials are very, very big into making making mm-hmm. content rather than consuming it. Exactly. Um, and and that's fine. Um, but you know we we TV now is oversaturated, mm-hmm. which is fine. We're getting amazing amounts of content, but you can't ever see everything you want to see because you don't. There's not enough hours in the exactly. day. And movies, I've become so very. Whereas I used to go see between thirty and forty films a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, now I see. I'm lucky if I see ten. Yeah, you know, because yeah. I just don't have time. I don't yeah. have time anymore. Everyone just works their asses off. Yeah, yeah, you have yeah, to. Yeah. It's yeah. It's uh, it's everyone's out. Work hours are longer, especially yeah. in the professional, you know, kind of non-entertainment world. Mm-hmm. And people's work hours are longer, and people have longer commutes and less time and less, mm-hmm. you know, for everything. And you know, it's it's unfortunate, but it's the way the world is, the it's direction spinning. it's going. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then going back to the funding part, like I was gonna say, like you know, you know, with the economy, especially um, 
you know, with unemployment rates. I mean, it's getting better, and, like, the job market's getting better, uh, but it's going to be slow growth. And you got to figure, uh, the people that have been unemployed for a long time, it's like they did run out of extension benefits. There's no extension benefits. So right. people only have funding up until six months. After that, they have no funding. So it's, you know, people are just trying to survive at this present moment. So to go out there and ask for people to, you know, fund your project, you know, it's really like asking a favor. <laughs> it's like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and yeah, the thing I noticed, um, going back to crowdfunding, I did notice, you know, when you deal with uh, reps from the companies that do mm-hmm. funding, they just tell you to head up your friends anyway and, you know, get the crowdfunding going. You know, if that's the per- if that's the point then you might as well just go straight to the source sure and save up that funding yourself you know it's and you know, i've seen people where they try to make it look like it's successful right and they put in a grand themselves or whatever right but sure sure it's all just for image basically right. mm-hmm. so my new thing is like i'm just staying quiet about projects and saving up the funds mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and when it's ready to go it's ready to go right right and yeah. you know life happens it's right. like you can't there's lots of films that sat Plus, in, in the entertainment business, it's very, very easy to get burned. I mean, yeah. how many projects never get made? How many exactly. things? I mean, just making a thing and actually getting it from idea to finished product mm-hmm. and actually finished product that's in front of people being seen and, and consumed, Yeah, that's a long, hard road. And that is, there's for every one movie that we see, there's probably 100 that didn't get made or 100 that exactly. did, you know, never got off the ground. Or even 100, you even look at... At like the the like like Terry Gilliam had the big Don Quixote project that he was working on with Johnny. I think it was Johnny mm-hmm. Depp, and they made a documentary. They were filming a doc. Two guys were filming a documentary while they were trying to make this movie. The movie wound up not making it because yeah. of scheduling, weather, money, mm-hmm. all these things. All it, just yeah. all the shit, the shit storm of stuff happened, and they got you know maybe. 20, 30, like 30, 40 minutes, you know, uh, you know, they did enough shooting to get maybe 20 or 30 minutes of useful footage out of it, but nowhere near a full-length feature. And all these people and all this time and all this money was spent mm-hmm. and with no, no, nothing to show for it, except for this, this Lost in La Mancha, you know, documentary. Mm-hmm. And you see it and it's just, it's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking. Yeah. It's like, how do you keep going after that? Especially, and, and it goes back to the love of an artist. Yeah. Like, a true artist wants them to get it done. Right, they want right, to, right, right. um get to see their project made and out there but you know but there's also you go back and there's people that are money hungry or they want the fame and that's all they care about it's like oh let's put out 10,000 fucking films a year yeah yeah you know just so i can have fan base i don't know but well i like the (laughs) fact that there's a certain contingency of like the b movie kind of thing is kind of coming Mm -hmm. back and and certain Certain sectors of the of the entertainment business have kind of realized that some people all like movies that want to be you know to to like to make movies have realized that people like making fun of stuff of bad stuff yeah. and and make things specifically for that and mm-hmm. you know that's what's keeping the sci fi channel on the air now is, is <laughs> yeah. you know stuff like Sharknado and yeah. Sharknado Two and 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 things like that and um, you know so it, it's nice to see and th- those movies are fun and they mm-hmm. and they are pure just. Pure dumb entertainment, you know, yeah. just a, a giggle fest, like you know the Piranha, the Piranha remake from mm-hmm. a couple of years ago, which was really good. Seeing uh, mm-hmm. was right. it Jerry O'Connell getting his penis bit off? <laughs> I think that was pretty fun. So what what kind of what kind of stuff as a kid or even as an adult inspired you? Inspires you? Informs 
the kind of stuff that you do? Where where was your like horror background well, come from, or that impetus come from? That's interesting. Well, actually, it, it came from my father. My my dad was um, he was in British Army, mm-hmm. and he um, saw a lot of bad shit. I actually have a film I want to write about him, and I actually have notes from other soldiers that served with him. It's a, it was a small British war. Uh, I'm not going into details because it seems like you talk about something and all of a sudden someone makes it. <laughs> it's like, right, of course. But um, so he had a post-war syndrome, um, post-tra- uh, post-traumatic stress syndrome, and like so his thing though he would watch war movies often, and sometimes he'd have flashbacks. But um, I always I would kind of grow up around watching war movies. But in, in addition, he did like horror films, so he did watch horror films a lot, and so yeah, it was kind of like. Just watching, you know, that, you know, you just become desynthesized to it and you're just watching it. Right. On top of it, a lot of people don't realize this. A lot of stuff doesn't squirm, make me squirmish. Like, um, <laughs> Peter would probably hate me for saying this, but like when I was younger, my grandmother, my, she was uh, Texan Cherokee. She was white and Cherokee mix. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And like she, um, she grew up on a small farm, so she knew how butcher animals. This is back when people used butcher animals. So we grew up on a small farm, and my sister was in what they call FFA, mm-hmm. Future Farmers in America. Yep. So we grew up around slaughtering animals, and I actually yep. slaughtered chickens when I was younger. Yep. So the blood factor, like, didn't really bother. Yeah, exactly. And I was just like, oh, okay. And, yeah, that's all I am. All rights activists probably freak out. But, you know, you're, you're a kid. You don't realize there's anything wrong with that. So the blood factor didn't bother me much. There's stuff like... You know, when I was a teenager, 17, working at Chief Auto Parts, I literally saw a baby get run over by a truck, a diesel truck, in the aftermath. Oy. So I think when you're exposed to traumatic events, a lot of the gruesome, over-the-top yeah. kind of horror doesn't phase me. The impact yeah. kind of is diminished. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, for me, though, it was just kind of like, I was always like a dark, gothy kind of chick. I always sure. got, in, got into Wiccan was, Wicca when I was young. Mm-hmm. And I always read tar- tarot cards. We mm-hmm. had a house that had weird activity in it all the time, you know, <laughs> that you can't even explain. So I was just kind of always around it since I was a kid. And and as I grew up, you know, you just, you start, you know, it's, it's, stuff always happens. Everyone tells me the activity happens in their house, whatever. But, um, I don't know, I guess that's like where it pulls from is just growing up around it and knowing it. That's, you just write about what you know. Sure, sure. And just like, you know, I will write a story about my own teenagers that a lot of people don't know about because I did party a lot when I was a kid. I did go to clubs when I was young. I started going to clubs when I was like 13 mm-hmm. and hanging out with bands and stuff. But, you know, it's like, and when you grow up in small towns, you just kind of, a lot of that stuff's kind of normal and a lot of people don't realize it. Sure, sure. <laughs> so it's, you know, so I just Well, you're in a small out. town. I mean, mm-hmm. if something happens, everybody knows it or, and half the people probably saw it happen. Yeah. And, you're just like, you oh, know, you know. You're in a big city. More things happen, but yeah, you're so, you're so spread out. But the odds of you seeing it are lower. So. Yeah. It's a, and, and what's interesting is, like, you know, people talk about small towns. And, you know, I lived in Hollywood, which actually felt like a small town for sure. the longest time. Sure. And it's just it's just different environments, different dress. You know, it's, people are just a little different. It's like, you know, I've heard, that, like, I've heard that from other people. Other people who I know who live in Hollywood mm-hmm. proper yeah. say, yeah, it's kind of like this small town. It has kind of a small neighborhood mm-hmm. kind of, you know, city neighborhood yeah. feeling. but. There, there are people who, there's like a face, a Facebook or MySpace page for 
this par- apartment building that we lived in, and you come we in. We had that. Yeah, our, my own place, in, LPP. Come, <laughs> yeah, like... you come in and live in this apartment building. Yeah. And you become part of this group of this yeah. people, and we all kind of look out for each other, and oh, yeah. we all That's rag nice. on the crazy lady down the hall, yeah. and and that kind of thing, and and. Yeah, there was a lot of like a familial yeah. kind of feeling to living in Hollywood, which is weird. Cause yeah. think, it's really funny. People who don't aren't aren't from Los Angeles or don't know, haven't been here or whatever, they think of Hollywood and they think of the Hollywood sign and they mm-hmm. think of movies and they think of movie stars and they think of all that stuff. Yeah. But really, there's not. A, I mean, there's a there's a few little TV studios in exactly. Hollywood, but really, movies get made in Burbank and exactly. and other areas now, and, West and stuff side. Yeah. and West Side. I mean, Sony, uh, not Sony. Um, uh, Paramount is in Hollywood, but other than that, yeah. but you think of Hollywood. When I think of Hollywood, I think of nightclubs, like mm-hmm. goth clubs. That's what I, was. I think of people that my friends who live in Hollywood, mm-hmm. and I think of like, I think of you know hookers and yeah, drug exactly. dealers and and cops and yeah. tourists. Yeah, exactly. And, that's, and that's what I think. That's what Hollywood is to me, and um, and it's not necessarily that it's worse than what people other people think it is but it's just different and mm-hmm. it's 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 just it's just interesting i think and, and everybody yeah. i know who's lived in hollywood yeah they all say it's like this weird and that's the it's like a weird right small about. town in yeah. the middle of this giant Air, metropolitan yeah. area exactly yeah. and it does like i said i write about what i also write about hollywood and like just i partied so much it's like i write about what i you know right the effects that did you know it's like right you know so a lot of people like um when I write about Hollywood, like, you know, I just blog it out a lot just because that's what I know. It's like, right. that's what I'm exposed right. to. And I just find things Well, you were always, 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 always <laughs> read your Facebook and you'd be like, uh, walk in the club tonight, saw blah, 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 saw, <laughs> saw a drunk guy on, yeah. the, on the sidewalk or saw a girl Sunday puking in the gutter or <laughs> saw a guy, ta- saw two guys getting in a fight over a, another over, shooting. Over, you know, <laughs> oh, there's a shooting. Oh, there's a sheet on a, on a person in the middle of the road. Yeah. And, they take a picture and cops yeah, don't care. Yeah, <laughs> and it's just kind of weird. And, yeah. and, and But people think of Hollywood as this glittery, glamorous thing. And uh, the cops get used to you, too, because I remember I used to just walk. And everyone's like, oh, my God, you're well, you always, to walk. You, you, wore, you wore rather um, you know rather high skirts and, and yeah. low-cut shirts and stuff to go to clubs. And some people might look at you and go, oh, she's a hooker. And you're like, no, I'm just going to a club. And the, and <laughs> the, and the cops are just like, hey, and you know, Mo, how's it going? Yeah, it's you know? like... It's like, it's like <laughs> And it's like, oh, is that a working girl? No, no, she's, she's the club kid, you know, is that whatever. Chicken? They used yeah. to come to my apartment building a lot because we'd have parties all the time. Mm-hmm, there was mm-hmm. a minute where we were partying all the time, and the cops yeah. didn't care. There was, yeah. like, once there was, uh, I knocked a guy out because he hit my friend. Oh, God. And the guy, like, the cops were called because it was just at like, the party. And I remember, like, just sitting there, and the cops were there. I'm like, and I was kind of babbling. I'm like, yeah, and they were talking about, they were, they were kind of, someone brought up that guy, and they were kind of looking for him. I said, oh, yeah. Uh, he hit my friend, and I just, I kind of hit him. I clocked him and kind of phased him, dazed him a bit. And he literally looked at me, because I didn't realize what I was, because I was just like, yeah, well, he's, I mean, he hit my friend. And he looked at me like, we'll keep that off the record. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> and they're like, good for you. They're yeah. like, no, good for you. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I'm all, and, okay, you, need to, funny, you need to add the lion's badass <laughs> to the bottom of your, of your car, it's, your business card. I mean, that's what's funny, because I think, um, People get confused by me because sure. I've I'm always been very like professional. Like mm-hmm, I have mm-hmm, to for work. Mm-hmm, right. And but I guess as you get older, you just talk about whatever you don't care anymore. Right. And it's like I've been in the industry for so long. It's all I know. So it's like I just work and then I get executive levels, whatever. And um, I'm kind of a I do always write business plans. I don't know why. I guess I, I kind of foresee things. Sure. So I have that little gift, whatever. And so you know, people see me on the executive level. But at the same time, because I lived in Hollywood, I went out a lot, and I was exposed to a lot. And I remember 
some of my corporate friends didn't get there like oh maybe you go out too much and then when i go but i would go to go dancing i like dancing it's my little escape from the right. stress of sure, work that sure. time you had check out so you're really switching in the, in the yeah. executive the the business world yeah but you also have a lot of street smarts yeah, and like exactly. like living in the kind yeah. of almost like inner city smarts too and, and from where i grew up it's like you kind of had to look out for your back a lot mm-hmm. and it's like so sometimes I can't help it, but sometimes it snaps out of me, and I'm like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, I have. Yeah. <laughs> so I have to pull it in so I don't hurt anyone. <laughs> but, right, right, right. But yeah, it's just an interesting there's, balance. There's work mode and street mode. Yeah, street like, mode, like the hood. Yeah, <laughs> like, don't, don't fuck with me. Yeah, no. it's funny when I do. Uh, the skirts on here for me, exactly. Because I don't mess with me. But it's, and sometimes it comes out in corporate meetings, though. I'll be because I'll, I'll get irritated with like some of these. Like catty dudes. Sorry, right. but usually, yeah. like, yeah. they're like, oh, I went to blah, blah, blah school. And, you know, they just can't grasp the fact that I actually, because I, a lot of people don't realize I started working on it at 17 right. as a manager. So it's like, you know, I've, I've been trained from the beginning. I worked for right. a Japanese owned company right. and I learned a lot of uh, business skills from that company. Sure. So it's like, for me, I, I still have that business edge. And on top of it, back in the day, I did advise you know, the city of LA before. And it's like, you know, in a reorganization of their electronic arts program. Right, right. Um, I dealt with uh, Enterprise Ireland, which is a branch of the Irish government. You know, so it's like, I dealt with, I have, you know, international yeah it's like yeah big big yeah but then just because i like to go out to class people have this weird like idealism of what that means and or i guess that's what you say yeah but you know i just like going out to dance it's that perception it's that perception thing but we all deal with that everywhere i've ever worked every time i was ever reviewed at work yeah there's always the word perception is always thrown around and it's like People assume blah blah blah, and it's like, well, people shouldn't because I don't have a tattoo. Oh I my god! <laughs> I don't assume anything about anybody yeah. else. Well, I was, I was an IT guy. I was the yeah. only IT guy at a company, and I'm supposed to be helping everybody, and yeah. I'm just not trying to be nice and friendly. And and I, my my, you know, when I got married, I was 20 years old, and and at, yeah, by this right, time, I'm yeah. in my 30s, <laughs> and my wedding ring didn't fit anymore, so I wouldn't wear it because it would it would it would hurt yeah. my, hurt my finger. So I took it off, and I didn't want it to get stuck. And so I wasn't wearing my wedding ring to work, and, <laughs> and and like the first three weeks of working there, somebody said, "Well, there were this one person was weirded out by you, or thought you were being too friendly, or coming on to them, or something like." No, I'm just being nice and friendly. I'm being, yeah. I'm being a not usual IT guy. I'm not being a grumpy IT guy. I'm being nice and being helpful and yeah. helping people with their computers and stuff. And it's like, well, maybe you should just wear your wear your wedding ring at work. I'm like, right. so I went, and, <laughs> so I had to go take it in and. Spend a bunch of money to get it resized for my finger and stuff, and so I'm just like whatever. And I just that whole perception thing, and I, I we all do it. We yeah. all have that thing where we snap judge people, or we snap, mm-hmm. you know, we we in, we put people in boxes, we yeah. compartmentalize everything, and that's the way we do stuff. But um, that's what kind of the way our brains work. We yeah. have to kind of put everything. Is this food? Is here. this yeah. is this somebody who's going to give me offspring? Is this, you know, is this, uh, you know, something, you know, this, that, you know, we all do these kind of things that are kind of wired into us biologically from millions of years of evolution. And, mm-hmm. and it's hard to ignore that stuff, but it, it, it always bothers me when people can't look past their perception, their, their yeah. immediate perception. They can't, the thing that I learn as I get older and older, yes, there's things that make that as I get older, make me more and more angry, but there's also things that I think about, the, the the thing that occurs to me over and over again is you never really know what any other person is going through. Mm-hmm. They when you meet a person, they are completely and totally the opposite antithesis of you in multiple ways, yeah. and their experience is not your experience. And you have to try and open up and be more empathetic to other people. 
in order just to, I think that's more of a survival mechanism, uh, more of a successful coping yeah. mechanism than snap being judgmental and snap ju- and snap judgment and 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 letting perception, immediate perception, kind of dominate your everything, right? And yeah, that'd be it. So, um, well. We're over an hour at this point, Sweet. but uh, wow. yeah, it was a good conversation. Um, so, is there anything that's out right now? I mean, are you really consuming? Are you like in all creative mode now? Or are you kind of do you are you consuming? Are you going to movies? Are there TV shows you're watching? Are there bands you like? Are there? I'm hooked on American Horror Star Story. I do make sure I watch that freak show. Every, yeah, yeah, every yeah. Wednesday. <laughs> yeah, we've been watching that. Cool. Yeah, yeah. I, I love the angles. I love the shot and the way it's shot. Everything that's yeah. like my main show to watch. Yeah. I do like watching Little. I like the way they shoot it sometimes because it's almost like that old Batman tilt the camera thing, and they experimental. They do a lot of those really, really kind of long angles and 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 steep angle shots and stuff, and I like that to add atmosphere and and for certain perspective and stuff. Yeah, I really. It's like one of my favorite shows. What else do I usually watch? It's like I just watch whatever's on TV, and I started watching Little Women of LA. That's back on. It's cute. Um. Uh, I found out Brianna. She's one when the girls on there. She's like, she's a fan of my friend's band Vaudevillains. Oh, oh, the Vaudevillains. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're actually playing on uh, Friday at a Troubadour. Plug cool. That's good. The, no, that's cool. Yeah, the Vaudevillains. So, yeah. That's a local LA band, and they're what's their what kind of genre? They're a New Orleans New Orleans style jazz band. Cool. So it's cool. like uh, almost like Dixieland, or or is it yeah. more modern than that? It's a little more modern. They they do. It's Vaud and the Villains. Vaud and the Villains. Yeah. yeah. So it's there's. It's, it's a large group of people, so it's like... Sure, sure, yeah. They have dancers, and they're great. They're just great people, too, in cool. general. I've known them for years. Are they doing older-style jazz, like gin joint jazz, or are they doing, like, like more style. modern kind of fusion-y? No, older, older, older kind of jazz. Okay, yeah. okay. So it's very lively. Sure, you go sure. to their events. It's kind like, of kick up your heels stuff. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, so it's yeah. like... And they're good people, and a lot of them are industry people. Um, you know, so they get it. Um... Yeah, so that's like one show that I started watching. What else have I been watching? I don't. I can't even tell you. I just. <laughs> I literally just put on TV. It's like just what I do, sure. just to zone out on it. Sure, sure. Every once in a while, I'll write. You know. Have I, you been to any movies lately, or or is there anything that you've have seen? I gone, um, no, I haven't gone. <laughs> actually, I haven't gone to any of the theaters lately. It's like, I think, because I've been just on the road a lot too. Sure. Because I, I was up north. You're for back about and a month. forth a lot. Yeah. So yeah. And part of that's just because I get bored and I'm still <laughs> trying to feel, figure out the rest of my life now. <laughs> <Aren't we all? laughs> I'm, having, yeah. I'm having that midlife crisis. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, you should just turn on whatever's on and watch it. It's like, you know, I do like Ghost Adventures. I'm a dork. Cool. You know, because I like ghosts. Uh, <laughs> uh, Is that the one with the... With the hot Zach. <laughs> the, the bros with the tattoos. Yeah, the bros. Yeah, okay. I like the bros. <laughs> Kind of reminds me of Hollywood, you know. I got used bro, to the bros. Bro, bro, ghost here, bro, bro. Bro, bro. Oh, it bro. smells like Axe body spray. Oh, that's me, bro. Shh, do you hear that? <laughs> yeah. Shh, you hear that? Now they, they yeah, Zach yells a lot. The poor ghosts, poor yeah. guys. No wonder they get mad at them, scratch them. <laughs> oh, the ghosts scratch me, man. Dude, oh, bro. Dude, I'm feeling hot. <laughs> Dude. Um. Yeah. So it's like, and they, I know they like uh, drinking too. So it's yeah. funny. They do shots sometimes. I'm like, yeah, that's my kind of guys. Ghost shots, bro. Yeah, dude. I would totally kick back with a ghost and have a shot yeah. but um yeah so it's like you know, i just watch whatever's on and then 
Oh, I, I the one thing I forgot to say, I do help out. Like I did volunteer for a film festival at my mom's house cool. in my mom's area in Hesperia where I grew up. Mm-hmm. And it's called um, Desert Rocks Film and Music Event. So they cool. do music too, but it's cute because it's like because it's very family oriented up there too. So it's, they kind of geared towards family also. So that's interesting because I got kind of involved with um, the parks district up in sure. Hesperia. So, cool. Um, I like kind of being involved with things. I always have to be involved with something. Yeah. But, um, yeah. This is what I do when I'm on my spare time. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, and I've been trying to write a book forever with poems and short stories. Cool. Because I do do poetry. I don't know where it came from. It just one day I started writing poetry and people liked it. I was like, oh, okay, that's cool. Hey, <laughs> might as well just go with it. Everyone's like, I love your poetry. A couple of people compare me to Poe. I'm like, okay, yeah. is that cool? <laughs> like, Mo Poe. Mo Poe, exactly. Mo. You see it? <laughs> like, but yeah. It's like, and then when I come to LA, I just try to go at club because I like dancing. Sure. So I go, oh, my friend owns that. Or I go, Golden Box, my friend MD owns that. Is oh, yeah, the owner. Golden Box down mm-hmm. there. Yeah. Have you gone there? On, on Frank, the Franklin? No, no, no. No, no it used to be um, Writer's Room. It's okay. by Supper Club. Oh, okay, okay. So it's in What's the, What was the little club? There was the Golden something that was right on, right. on Franklin, right at, right at um, oh, was it Highland or or, uh, or uh, Coenga, where there's like a little tiny club. We went there together a couple times. They used yeah. to do kind of an 80s or 70s kind of throwback thing. Yeah. It's a little teeny tiny room with mirrors along one side and then a box oh. in the back. You know what I'm it talking was. about? Yeah, yeah. What was that place? Yeah, it was gold, gold something. Golds. I thought it was the golden box, but I think maybe it was, it was gold, back then. I don't something. remember. I can't remember. But it was very like disco mixed yeah. with new wave and a little bit of like pop this music one has and this stuff. Too, yeah, 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 yeah. This one, he just opened this but one. It was all very glittery and fun, and people wore lots of glitter tops yeah. and you know shiny things and stuff. Haven't been there, Scott. This had to have been like 2004 or five. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, I got tired. Like I remember. See, I'm going back on the club kit. When I was going to the douche, douche, well, to the trendy clubs, I was going to the trendy clubs. It's like uh, in my 30s, and that's when I was working out a lot. I was like, oh, I, I guess I'll just wear. I started wearing like these hooker dresses that I bought for a client 14 because I was in it. Oh yeah, but because uh, I realized that's actually what the girls were wearing out. Sure, that's like, shit. So I started wearing those out, and like um, that was the style. But now I'm I, now I just get in these clubs. I'm like. It's what I'm wearing. I, I hardly ever dress up anywhere. It's yeah, like, and yeah. they just let me in. Like, Basically, yeah. I throw on black. I just, whenever yeah, exactly, we go, right? I throw on, I either wear, there's two outfits I wear. I either wear just black dress shoes, black black pants, and like slacks, and a black button up, button down shirt. Yeah. Or I wear my tall, gothy boots mm-hmm. uh, with big, long socks, and a pair of long shorts, like black shorts, yeah. and a black tank top. So those are my two outfits, my yeah. two clubbing outfits. And that's it. And that's a great, the nice thing about being a guy is you don't have to wear a different thing every night. I could probably, I've, I've done it before where, I, where if we're going to go out on a Friday and a Saturday, mm-hmm. Friday night, I'll go out, I'll wear that, I'll come home, I'll stick it in the dry, washer and yes. dryer, dry it the next, washer and dry it the next day, and throw it on and wear the exact same outfit that's out awesome. the next night. So. <laughs> Because yeah. I just don't give a fuck. Yeah, you just stop wearing. I'm like, you know what? Yeah, if I made it this long, you know, a guy is never going to go up to another guy and go, it "Looks better on me," you know? Right? Like, like, what are you wearing? Whatever, you know. Have a chick buy you a drink just because yeah. your legs showing? It's like, yes. You know, like, yes. Although sometimes I'll wear like stripy socks too, like those old gothy stripy yeah, stripe socks, black and white or blue and white or red. Oh and man, white, red you're gonna make this come back in style. And yeah. And then you're not gonna wear them anymore because yeah, everyone's gonna yeah. be wearing them. <laughs> yeah. I made a, I struck up a friendship with uh, actually one of our podcast guests, uh, yeah. Sue Johnson. I met her at clubs 
my wife and I would see her at clubs, and we yeah. always called her stri- stripey girl because she would always wear these tall boots with striped stockings and a and a skirt like a mid mid calf uh, or mid uh, mid thigh length kind yeah. of skirt, and and some a lot of times she'd wear like a little poofy crinoline kind of skirt, mm-hmm. and but she always had on stripey socks, and we're like, hey, the cutie patootie with the stripey socks, and then, and then one night we both wore stripey socks out, and I was like, it's Ew. hilarious, <laughs> it's like oh my. Well, God. that's the thing about the whole goth thing is is. Doing the goth clubs, especially back when I was in Denver, going to goth clubs was in it. It was the one place where I could wear makeup and girly, you know, stockingy mm-hmm. kind of stuff or whatever. Girly. Well, I mean, <laughs> like girly, like fishnetty yeah. or, or like fishnets. I could wear fishnets yeah. or I could wear a fishnet top, yeah. and no one would bat an eye. And I could yeah. put on lipstick. I could put on. I could put on eye mm-hmm. makeup. And there was always a part of me that always felt kind of girly. And I always am happier when my fingernails are looking, painted. Like my my toenails are painted yeah. still, but left over <laughs> from vacation. Um, but I'm always happier when I can have a little something girly, yeah, affect, fashion, whatever. On, yeah. But I work at a you know a company Corporate, with a bunch yeah. of programmers, and so I can't. I couldn't even get away with anything like yeah. that. I mean, the toenails nobody's going to see, but yeah. the the other stuff. And it's just like I'm happier when I can be a little bit more androgynous, and that's just kind of the way I roll. And, yeah. and that was always the great thing about being goth is guys could wear dudes could wear makeup, guy yeah. liner. It was it was it was acceptable. Well, no, well, now it's the uh, back in style with the isn't it with the little rockers. Maybe, I don't I've know. Seen, I've I, seen them in Hollywood. I've seen guys wear guy makeup. And yeah, yeah. Maybe. Liner. That'd be cool. I mean, that would be cool. I, but it's um, like in Hollywood. I think yeah. Because if you venture out. Well, the guy, at the golf clubs, guys don't wear makeup that much. A few occasionally you get a guy with mm-hmm. guy liner on, but whatever. But I'll throw it on when, it, when Danny wants me to or oh, paint cute. my nails or something. <laughs> but for the most part, I just like... When Danny and I met, I had more nail polish than she did. I had That's more awesome. and more different colors of nail polish than she did. That's hilarious. Um, <laughs> she kind of commandeered it and lets me use it when I'm sometimes. Actually, we have a friend who comes over and brings uh, one of those rolly suitcases with trays and trays, stackable trays, all bandaged together in this big Mm -hmm. package thing on a wheelie cart thing. She brings it over and gets it out, and it's just trays and trays and trays of nail polish and little glitter and little appliques and little things. And we'll have a girl's night and just paint her nails and stuff. It's fun. It's fun. So, yeah, but I just, when I, even when I was a kid, I never, I did that whole boy thing, girl thing. Like, yeah. I had a shirt that had, I had this shirt when I was a kid, it was a long sleeve, mm-hmm. I don't remember if it was a turtleneck or not, but it was a long sleeve shirt, and it, uh, this was the 70s, so forgive me, but going, it had horizontal, <laughs> uh, a horizontal gold stripe, yeah. and then a row of kind of a crisscross and dot pattern of a color. One was red, then gold stripe, then blue. That blue yeah, dots yeah, yeah. and stuff, then gold stripe, then green, then blood stripe, and then there was a purple one. And I was a little kid, I'm like five years old, I'm wearing this shirt, it was like one of my favorite shirts because it had all these different colors on it. And one of the guys at the daycare was like making fun of me, he's like, purple's a girl's color, why are you wearing that? I'm just like, what? What? And I just never understood any of that. Well, I, I've always been a tomboy too. Yeah, and yeah. See, it's perfectly yeah. okay for a girl so to be a like... tomboy, but it's not okay for a guy to wear a little bright purple or sit cross-legged or whatever. And it's like, come on. Well, I remember though because I used to always wear jeans. And we're going on forever, but I, I used to always wear de- jeans and t-shirts yeah. when I was a kid. Yeah. And like, I remember once in grade school, a boy came up to me and told me I was embarrassing because I never wore a skirt. And I was like, really? Well, so I'm then, not embarrassed. Why are and, you? And then, yeah. So then, like, so I've always been kind of a tomboy, and I always yeah. went kind of gothy. Yeah. And then when I went into like the club kids scene, it's like 
you just wear what you know. Then I started right. kind of getting right. creative. Guys, with, guys in skirts. Yeah. I used to wear short skirts yeah. in the nineties and stuff. Yeah, it was like Daniel funny. Ash and and uh, from Love and Rockets and mm-hmm. uh, fucking uh, Trent Reznor and yeah. they wore skirts all the time. Maynard, Maynard from Tool. Yeah. I mean, always was wearing makeup and wigs and it was like tits. he had tits. Yeah. He would wear tits <laughs> like a big bra with big tits and and it was like great, cool. Well, I will do whatever you want. Yeah, now everyone's like, oh, you got like now girls have to dress like girls. I'm like, dude, we're like. <laughs> But it's like, right, it's, yeah. it's go well, the thing that I like about the way that America is moving toward uh, gay acceptance and yeah. trans acceptance, mm-hmm. like in Europe, and especially England, I like the yeah. fact that a lot of the gender roles are kind of blurring for some people. And yeah. now there's lots of transgendered kids yeah. uh, um, that are, are that, that whose parents are supporting mm-hmm. them and they're going to school. Like I have a friend here, obviously in California, it's more kind of uh, forward-thinking, hopefully, than uh, some other places. But I have a friend here who um, has a has a child mm-hmm. who t- decided they he liked, he, she, liked, wanted to be a she, yeah. and liked makeup and longer hair and wears dresses and goes to school and wears pink and has yeah. a little My, my Little Pony Aww. backpack. And, and it's adorable and it's great. And the yeah. ki- teachers are cool with it. The kids are cool with it. Everybody's fine. Yeah. If you... I found that if you just... Go put somebody into a situation mm-hmm. or kids into a situation, especially, they're not going to worry Judge, about that. Yeah. If it's just the way it is, then mm-hmm. it's just the way it is. Yeah. And I would love that if, if in the world, and especially in America, if things got to the point where some people are just the way they are and that's okay. Yeah. And, and unless that's, you know, rapist or murderer exactly. or, you know, whatever. But so anyway. But yeah, but, uh, trying to solve all the world's <laughs> problems, it gets it gets tiring. Because <laughs> I got exposed to like transgenders when I was like sixteen. That's when yeah. I started going to the gay clubs. Yeah, you know, yeah, my yeah. Gay best friend, and it's like we had we had friends around. in in Denver yeah. who were gay. My ex wife and I had a lot of friends who were gay, and they took us to um, to clubs with trans mm-hmm. folk all the time. And uh, um, uh, yeah, I remember moving to moving to Holly, uh, California. And back in probably 2002 or 2003 was the first time I saw a drag king. Oh, yeah, a yeah, A drag yeah. king. Yeah, it was yeah. really cool. They did, a, they did like a whole burlesque act coming mm-hmm. out dressed looking like a, like a disco dude with big side, you know, mutton wow. chop sideburns and, and looking all tough and everything. And then they start stripping and it's like, oh, it's, 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 a, it's a woman. And, and then, you know, there's a bra and everything underneath. Mm-hmm. And then, and then, but she's wearing like Y front men's underwear. Mm-hmm. And then she reaches in and pulls out an apple. And <laughs> takes a <laughs> bite, hilarious. crunch, and that was the end of the act. And I was That's like, great. yeah, that was cool. <laughs> but she she labeled herself as a drag king. Yeah. So that was pretty cool. It is a few. So, it's like, yeah. So, all right. Well, um, what what are you working on? Uh, is there anything you're working on right now that that's in the works that you can talk about, or that you're coming out, or that you're trying to promote, or anything like that? Yeah, I mean, the main things is like uh, with Raina Young, I'm working helping her out with like I said, her film, um, uh, Doll Murder Spree, and her Doll Murder Spree. And then we is there a website for that? Uh, yeah, her website's uh, Last Doorway Productions. Last Doorway Productions. Yeah, dot okay. com. And we co-wrote uh, No Service, and we're going to co-direct that. Okay. Um, those are the two main films on her side. Uh, the Divine Order, like I said, that's in post-production. That's Patrick O'Bell's film. He directed that. Cool. Uh, everything's just kind of, you know, <laughs> being worked on in post-production. I got bored. I did do a new little short uh, film with a poem 
posted it like last week. I have to mm-hmm. repromote mm-hmm. that. Is there anywhere online that has any of your poetry or your writing and stuff? Yeah, uh, my blog. I actually do have a blog. It's a WordPress, but you can just uh, go to mo mo dragonfly dot com. Okay. And I've been kind of lazy about keeping up to date, but okay. you can go to the main cool, sites cool, through that. Cool. And the poetry. Are you on, uh, you're on Twitter, right? Yeah, I'm on Twitter. Do you give out your Twitter? I mean, obviously. It's all Mo Dragonfly. Mo Dragonfly. Uh, just Google Mo Dragonfly. Okay, cool. So cool. people can find all the different outlets to Facebook, that. MySpace, yeah. blah, blah, blah. So, right. I, I pulled most of my poetry off of my site because I do want to make a book eventually. Sure, sure. So, and you know, I just want to transfer it over because I do have a friend that does want to print a book. I also have a friend that wants to print, take one of my short stories and make it into a comic book. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't released any information on that. I, you know, it's again, it's just everything. The process is everything's gonna take time. I'm, I'm, I have a <laughs> a, a comic book pro, uh, project in the works too. Yeah. That, that I was able to participate in. Nice. I'm, I'm being tight lipped about it now, but because yeah. <laughs> we don't know if it's gonna get published yet or not. But yeah. I'm hoping it will, and I'm very excited about it. It's so like, that's yay, cool high five, nerds. Yay, high five, nerds. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, I wasn't involved in the story or or the the artwork thereof, but mm-hmm. I was uh, I was used as a. Uh, I was um, a, uh, a model reference for nice. one of the characters, that's and cool. so I'm pretty happy about that. That's cool. Pretty I love it. That. See, that's fun. That's fun stuff. So, yeah, and um, other than that, it's like, you know, I'm back to looking for another day job in the industry, yeah, so cool, it's like, cool, cool. that's cool. my main focus. Yeah. That's all I got going on. Yeah. 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 Right. <laughs> it's like, cool. Well, thanks for coming up here, and thanks for driving all the way up and uh, and hanging thanks out and chatting. Me. Yeah, sure. It's sure. great catching up this too. Has been good. If you have any of your any of your coworkers or friends, anybody who's yeah. interested in plugging their stuff and wants to talk, I mean, we don't have a huge audience, but if you know of anybody who wants it'll to, grow. to, it'll grow. Yeah, yeah it'll grow. Yeah, well, it's not it hasn't even been a year yet. So Gotta water it. But it, if you have, yeah, yeah, and we are we're just kind of trying to yeah. slowly get more and more people interested, and and obviously, you know, yeah. we're having our guests plug to their audiences you know uh, plug the podcast as well so but um yeah definitely uh thanks for listening everybody in uh in other countries and the united states and uh, thanks for motive for being here and uh please uh follow us on twitter our blog is on wordpress find us on facebook uh, we're something to XP at pretty much everywhere. Uh, email us at something to XP at gmail.com. Please uh, do a review or follow us. Subscribe on uh, Facebook or on uh, iTunes rather. And um, always remember, please be kind. The Something Something Experience podcast was conceived and produced by Ash Jones and Michael John Simpson. Intro music, Ways to Change Faces, and outro music, Scorpio 37 was written, produced, and provided by the talented Sebastian Ciceri. You can find us online as Something2XP on iTunes, WordPress, and YouTube. Please follow us on Twitter and like us on Facebook. Email Something2XP at gmail.com. We invite your feedback. Please be kind.